Ah, Independence Day, my second favorite holiday. That awesome time of year when we Americans celebrate our secession from Canadian tyranny and honor Abraham Washington's I Have a Proclamation speech from the surface of the moon which freed us from the Indians. Or something like that. But you what know, is this, Earth 3? <laughs> for years now, for 44 of them as a matter of fact, I have lamented the fact that, you know, there, there's never really been the definitive Independence Day movie. You know, I mean, Christmas, you, you the got... The hell you say, sir, but Oh, I know that you and I disagree on this, but, uh, you know... I mean, come on, you know, for Christmas, you've got more than enough movies to choose from. For Halloween, you got a pretty good uh, selection of movies to choose from. Independence Day, I mean, what what is there, really? You've got you've got the movie called Independence Day, which I know you and I disagree about it. I, I'm, I'm not even talking about that one. Because well, I'll agree that's not a that's not a good Independence Day movie. 1776! Yeah, uh, see, I can't really... Other than I know it's a musical, which puts me right off of it, I can't really offer up an opinion on that. In fairness, I haven't really watched it, so okay. I think you would actually like it. I, I think might. you would like the musical numbers, but here's the thing that I love about this film is not when they're singing, but when they're arguing and debating and seeing John Adams doing everything he can to get this declaration written and passed and the interplay between the Founding Fathers. And knowing that it didn't exactly happen like this, but it, every year on Independence Day, I watch that film, and I swell with pride as an American from it. Is that the one that has Ben Franklin singing Ease On Down the Road? Yes, that's exactly... <laughs> yes, okay. Michael Jackson played John Adams, too. So Awesome. <laughs> now I have to see it. But, you know, the only other thing I could ever think of, or, you know, the movie that I always used to dig out and watch on Independence Day was uh, was Roller Coaster, which, you know, kind of sort of has a, a connection. But honestly, you know, Roller Coaster has about as much to do with, with a proper celebration of Independence Day as Die Hard does with a proper Christmas. celebration of Christmas, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it just happens to take place on that holiday. So, you know, for like I say, for all these years, I've, I've really lamented the fact that as much as I I love this holiday, I wanted an Independence Day movie that I could dig it every year and, and, and really just go, you know, wow, you know, just really enjoy and, and celebrate the holiday. And finally, finally, I feel like I got one, you know? Well, I, I can tell you on 1776, John Adams is played by the voice of Kit. Ah! <laughs> what is that dude's name? I can't remember his uh, name. William Daniels. He was in the uh, second pilot to The Incredible Hulk. He was on St. Elsewhere. Yeah. Is he any relation to Anthony Daniels? I doubt it. Oh, okay. Uh, because William Daniels doesn't strike me as a prick. So <laughs> <laughs> He kind of acts like maybe he could be, though. I've seen him on, wasn't he on, like, what was it, like St. Elsewhere? St. Elsewhere, yeah, yeah. He played it great. Oh, man, he was a bastard on that show. Yeah. Well, see, there you go. But, uh, you know, it occurs to me that we have not properly introduced No, ourselves. we haven't. Oh, so, uh, so joining me for this uh, Independence Day celebration, we're going to keep you in the dark right up until the, the moment we uh, get into this. Joining me for this is my good friend, Michael Bailey. And, sir, thank you for having me on this one, because i got to tell you, when you released that one years ago, where it was just you playing music and talking about it, that was probably... 
that and the Christmas episode you did in a similar vein are like two <laughs> of my favorite episodes of Two True Freaks. Me too. You know, I've had a lot of people come forward and and you know message me or, or sometimes just you know tell me you know in a, in a either a Skype conversation or, or you know even a couple of times. Luckily enough, right you know to my face that the the Independence Day one I did what was that was that two years ago. A year or two. Yeah, that's like two or three years. Yeah, ago. it was a while back. Yeah, that 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 was one of their favorite episodes. That made me feel really good because at the time I felt like it went over like a lead balloon because the only feedback at the time that I got was I had I can't tell you how many people jump down my throat because I made a dig at Obama at the very beginning of that, and I thought it would come off as like. A comedic jab and it didn't at all and i and it really kind of crushed me because i was like man you know if that's all that you took out of that you know or worse yet if they turned it off in disgust after that then i like completely failed but i had a lot of people say no that you know that they really really enjoyed you know the 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 passion you know for the holiday that i tried to bring to the show so that made me feel good uh, if if they're the types that are gonna gonna be like that, and I'm not trying to insult any member of the audience personally, uh, so <laughs> please don't take it like that because that would be suicide. But if you know, if I can put up with all the crap I see on Facebook on a regular basis, and not like outwardly complain to people, I, I think I can take somebody making a quick jab at the president and then moving on because God knows I have to put up with it enough watching old episodes of like Family Guy. <laughs> where they are and it's not like i had any great love for george w bush so don't take it like that i'm not right. turning this into a political show it's not that i liked the guy or liked him as a president but you know when it's constant it's just like oh damn it's not funny anymore so <laughs> so but no it was uh it was the i think it was really the music you were playing and your passion obviously but uh you dug out some really great patriotic music um which uh, which I will have to grab from you at some point, just because I enjoyed it so much. Absolutely. Well, that was one of those little you know, niches of my of my music collection that I was really proud of. Is that I, I had managed to build, you know, a decent little collection of patriotic music because there's not a lot of it out there. But Mm-mm. I've always really enjoyed you know patriotic music, and you know it's it's one of my favorite aspects of Independence Day is just you know the music that's out there so yeah that's what i was trying to bring to that one there is a there was a show that i particularly liked called the diner that uh did an independence day episode where he played some really old music like grand old flag music from the 1920s and stuff like that and uh he was complaining the host james lilac was like you know most of the time now it's uh you know you got like the hot rocking station of the city wanting to line up with the um with the fireworks festivities and all they really do is play stairway to heaven and who gives a crap about that so yeah you're (laughs) you're absolutely right that there isn't there isn't a good dearth of uh of, of good patriotic music played on independence day because i you know i'm like you i i love independence day i i love what it represents uh the ideals uh that founded the united states and it's nothing against our, our international listeners because uh, we've made really good friends and sure it is we're so much better than them <laughs> but um but you know I, I i take a lot of pride in coming from this country i take a lot of pride in and i and in in you know the 
what the founding fathers and you know you got people who are like like well they were a bunch of slave owners who didn't want to pay taxes and it's like i think you're missing the point right of uh what really freaking happened and and what it represented to the world and 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 another thing that bugs me it's like and if that never happened you wouldn't be walking and sucking air right now right so but um you know i feel about the united states like i feel about my family uh you know, we can all complain about each other all day long. You and I could sit here all night and argue about different things politically, uh, but at the end of the day, it's okay because we're we're both from this country. When I when I see people from other countries taking shots at us, I, it's it's like someone taking a shot at my sister. It's just like you know, yeah, we don't always get along, but shut up. So, <laughs> so that that's just I, I don't wear it on my sleeve. But it's there, and 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 it's there in some of the characters I like uh, as well. So I just, it, I when you when you broached this, I was very excited because it's like finally I get to do you know because I did a, a a couple Fourth of July related episodes of views, but now to get to share it with you is just really awesome. Absolutely. Well, you know. Uh, by the way, I'm uh, I'm Scott Gardner. I was waiting for Mike to turn around the introductions, and he. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to introduce yourself. <laughs> introduce your damn self, sir. <laughs> but uh, no, this when is I your show, I'm just on living on it. Well, this actually comes from from a listener, and uh, oh my god, for the life of me, I'm trying to remember who it was. I tell you what, Mike, vamp for just a second because I want to give the proper shout out on this. So uh, I'm going to look that up real quick. I um, uh, I'm flipping through this issue of comic scene as I'm just getting some stuff organized on my desk, and it has a picture of Shane Black uh, reading an issue of Sergeant Rock from the movie Predator, and I, I was just like, ah, oh, good, he is a comics fan because he's directing the next Iron Man film. So uh, directing and writing that with the Iron Patriot, ah, there's a good Fourth of July connection. They're having the Iron Patriot armor. In the next Iron Man film, the red, white, and blue stuff that Norman Osborn wore during uh, during the whole Dark Reign event over in Mar—I don't know if you ever saw any of that. No, it was just kind of a patriotic Iron Man type. Well, yeah, I remember the the seeing the armor. I, I thought it was um, what's his name, uh, uh, Osborn. That was yeah, where, Norman Osborn. Yeah, okay, definitely. So. Uh, but yes, him reading Sergeant Rock in Predator. <laughs> I found what I was looking for. Okay, so this suggestion came from uh, Joshua James Elderkeen, who... Uh, That's a great name. Isn't that a great name? I love that name. And he just sent... Uh, it was just a quick little note on uh, on Facebook saying, uh, by the way, any chances for a uh, Captain America uh, movie commentary for the 4th of July this year? And I thought that is an excellent idea. I really like that. And not and not very long after that, I got another note from uh, Jose A. Rivera um, asking just, you know, what were my thoughts on the Captain America movie? And I, I let him know that... Oh, uh, Rep Brown was great. That's the one we're talking about, right? You know, when I was a kid, you're going to laugh, but when I was a kid, I liked those movies. I'm not going to laugh. When I was a kid, I liked Puma Man. <laughs> 
Of course, I got hit in the head a lot when I was a kid, so, you know. Ate a lot of paint chips, played with a lot of gasoline. There so. you go. We had, you know, all lead toys. What do you want? But, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I think a lot of what it was was it was the, the see-through shield and all that. Yeah, I don't know. It was, you know, I mean, that's all we had. You didn't know any better, you know, because, I mean, you know, when when crap is all you've got, you know, you don't have anything, you know, to, to measure it against. But, uh, yeah, I... It's funny because uh, when I was working in video, you know, when when videotape was in its infancy, I remember when uh, when the Captain America movie, you know, the one you're talking about, the Red Brown one, came out. I got, I bought it, and I so watched it as an adult, and was just like horrified, <laughs> like, wow, this is spent like, like twenty bucks on each of those, and then I picked mm-hmm. up both films on one disc for like ten bucks at Walmart last year, so. To this day, I don't think I've ever seen the second one. It was the first one was the one that I remembered because I saw it, you know, when it came out. But I don't think I've ever seen. If I have seen it, I don't remember it. In all honesty, it's a lot better because it's a more straightforward story. Christopher Lee is the bad guy, and as silly as it could get through the course of the plot, uh, there were some actually. Uh, you're gonna laugh, but at one point he tosses his motorcycle up onto like a ledge rides off the ledge hits a button and a hang glider pops out of the motorcycle and he's hang gliding while chasing this car drops the hang glider hits the ground and it's this massive car chase and i'm like you know what as an adult this is really silly looking if i was like six and watching this i would think this was the greatest thing i'd ever seen so well, you know, I was trying to figure out what I felt was missing from the Joe Johnston film. A hang glider. That's totally what's missing. <laughs> that part where Cap jumps over the wall, he totally should have had a hang glider come out of that motorcycle. That would have that would have made the movie for me. I um okay. <laughs> I think that um wow. Yeah, well, you know, we can agree to not ever speak of this again. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think? Are we ready to dive into I, this sucker? I am really ready to dive into this. I got everything queued up. All right. So, hope so. we'll stay somewhat on the same keel. Oh, as Unlike, long as we're both at zero zero, we should be good to go. I would. I would hope. <laughs> very good. Fingers crossed. Anyway. All right, so we are paused at uh, at zero zero. So uh, w- this is your uh, your Independence Day commentary for Captain America: First Avenger. So here we go on the count of three: one, two, three, and here we go. <clears throat> ah, there we go. We'll start it off good. See, seeing the Paramount thing here, it makes me think that. We are missing a prime opportunity to have Indiana Jones and Captain America team. Dude. <laughs> Don't get you started. That would be so oh, I would love that. <laughs> are you kidding me? I mean Indiana Jones the Rocketeer, Indiana Jones Hawkman, I mean just just any of the, the, the adventure characters from that era. Is it a sign of my illness that I want to know what every one of those panels, what comics they come from, so I can make sure I have them all? I think they're pretty generic, actually. I know yeah. some some of the films have like very specific panels, and I really think yeah. it's laziness on the part of the uh, of the uh, filmmakers that they don't do like 
like it should have been all Captain America comics, basically. Yeah, they did that with. Um, I can't remember if it was the Thomas Jane one or the the Punisher War Zone, but one of the Punisher movies had um, a lot of Punisher panels in that little flip thing, and I thought that was neat. I was I was kind of hoping that that would be a sign of how they were going to do them from here on out, but that's the only one I can remember that was real. Sp- maybe one of the FF movies did it too. I can't remember, but I haven't seen as much of it as I would have liked. Now, this opening reminds me very strongly of the beginning of uh, Close Encounters, where they drive out to the desert. Mm-hmm. I'll agree with that. Or just any any type of movie that... I, I, I am of the opinion that epic films should start small. Uh, and even though we have, like, the big reveal of this, this is kind of starting small, because you're not seeing anything of the hero at all it's just a bunch of government generic government types finding right. something in the snow so i want one of these things but i don't know what i would like do with it baloney <laughs> right It comes down, and this just turns out to be a big budget remake of It, uh, or a, 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 what's his name? Uh, the Thing with Kurt Russell. That would be awesome. I was kind of hoping there'd be snakes all over the floor. <laughs> the Ark, in a, Ark of the Covenant off in the corner somewhere. Yeah, it would be kind of cool if he would have just put the staff of raw together to, to, to track down where Cap's body was. <laughs> a good creepy opening yeah it, it really is this is a this is almost horror movie type opening really yeah uh, and was... i remember sitting in the theater thinking well that's kind of, that's kind of an interesting way to go with it but then you saw immediately what they were going to be doing and this reveal coming up is just uh just the kind of tease that you need for the beginning of a film like this It's a little bit, a uh, little bit aliens in there too. Mm-hmm. I like that. I do like seeing the the shield and the ice. It's uh, I liked the shield in this. The shield is something that could be easily screwed up in a movie like this. I mean, those pilot films are uh, are a good example of that. Now there are Easter eggs in this scene to Thor. And I can't, for the life of me, remember what they are. I just heard of a uh, an Easter egg today that I'm going to try to watch for when we when we get there. Concerning uh, Doctor Zola, we'll see if I can spot it when we get there. I think I know what you're talking about, and if it is, it's pretty freaking brilliant, actually. Ow! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because something like that's going to fall on him and there's just going to be a small scratch on his head. <laughs> that's how that works. I love this car. That's great. This is like the same car company that produced Dracula's car from the Monster Squad. Yes. <laughs> well, this whole scene gives me sort of a, a Monster Squad it does, vibe anyway. It, yeah. <laughs> it really does. There's Van Helsing. and Yep. 
He needs a big vortex to open up and just suck all these Nazis into it. Dude, They're, that's the Monster Squad sequel we need. Monster Squad versus Vampire Nazis. Maybe that's where the Red Skull goes at the end of the movie when he gets sucked into the into the Tesseract. He ends up meeting up with uh, like Frankenstein and Dracula, and he'll be back later with those guys. That'd be awesome. I'd pay money to to see that. Speaking of the Red Skull, when I heard that Hugo Weaving would be playing the character, I was very excited uh, because I like him as an actor. And I believe, you know, everyone points to like Agent Smith in the uh, Matrix films. Mm -hmm. I actually go to his performance as V from V for Vendetta, where he acts completely with a mask. Yes, he was phenomenal in that movie. And I don't think he gets enough credit because you don't ever see him. It's just just amazing. So seeing him in this is just... uh, I, I want Sean Connery to rub, come in and do a quick rubbing of the top of that thing. Dick. <laughs> Don't you understand? We only had one of those left. We were sold out in the gift shop. <laughs> yeah, I think he's great in this because, I mean, you know, within like three minutes into this scene he totally sold me on the red skull because i wasn't really crazy about that idea going into this it has to be said i have to come clean i didn't have a lot of faith in this movie going into it i remember you know i i i think the world of joe johnston but by this point it had been what like 18 19 years since the rocketeer and it seemed like everything that was coming out in the interviews with him about this movie just sounded like they were running in the wrong direction. You know, a lot of the concerns that people have present day concerning the upcoming Superman film, I kind of had about this one. I'm not near as big a, a Cap fan as I am about, you know, Superman, but still, I like Cap a lot. You know, he's one of my favorite characters, and, I, you know, there were certain beats that I really wanted to see that I was pretty convinced by the time my ass was in the theater seat that it just weren't going to happen. And much like the Joker in Batman, I kind of feel like, you know, the the Red Skull was a little too obvious and a little too overused in the comics, so I wasn't really excited about him being the villain. But seriously, man, like three minutes into this scene, I was like, okay, I think I'm going to dig at least the Red Skull, if nothing else, you know, because he's really great in this. Well, I'm, you know, I remember our conversations about this film where we were both kind of nervous because, you know, they weren't, it wasn't going to be Nazis, it was going to be Hydra. Right. And all that. But I think, you know, in all honesty, they made the Hydra thing work as him being an adjunct to the Nazis. Right, yes. Uh, You know, he's still obviously, I mean, he just shot a man through the <laughs> through the chat. Well, I think our official uh, <laughs> yes. I think our official drinking game for this one has to be ow. Yeah, ow. There's an ow. <laughs> you have to take a drink. Meanwhile, at the computer generated image. Jesus, somebody get that kid a sandwich. You know, I think this is what really sold I mean, I was, you know, the trailer sold me on Chris Evans as Captain America, but as making him a puny weakling using the digital technology the way they did here, because mm-hmm. that looks like Chris Evans. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's pretty seamless. It's not like there was a movie with Jack Lemmon and um, 
Got hit. What's his name from the Rockford Files, where they were presidents, ex-presidents, right, going on some kind of venture, and they were like riding on a horse, and they superimposed their faces on it. But it was like 1997, and it looked like crap. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm kind of glad that things caught up here to uh, yeah. to. Because uh... <laughs> I just... Huh? I was about to say, you can't have a movie like this without newsreel footage. Oh, definitely. I would have liked to have seen Roger Rabbit in this scene, though. <laughs> Jeepers, another stupid newsreel. When are you going to get to the cartoon? Oh, oh, that, that woman could have played Jessica Rabbit. Dude, this is going to happen to me one day, but it's going to be my wife telling someone to shut up, and I'm going to have to end up getting into the fight. <laughs> I'd have been here sooner, but I had to shake the weasels. And right away, you know Steve Rogers is pretty damn awesome. Now, I don't know what to think about the S.H.I.E.L.D. thing with this. You know, because it's... I guess it's kind of funny, but... Between the the <laughs> between the garbage can lid and then later on the car door, it's like, all right, I get, I get it, you know, the shield, okay, haha. Ow. <laughs> I do like Bucky in this. Oh, Bucky's great. Oh yeah, it's like, dude, it's I just came from basic. Okay, <laughs> I just spent eight weeks learning how to kill a man with my bare hands. Your back alley fights have have no impact on me. <laughs> No, the the changing of Bucky in this was, um, I, I thought it really worked because, of course, I'm not married to Bucky as a character. Uh, I like what he represents. I really like what Ed Brubaker did with the character in his Captain America run. Uh, I couldn't disagree with you more. But we, we can save that for a little bit later into it because coming up here in just a moment... I just have to I have to gush for just a moment because coming up is the reason why this movie is always yeah. going to have a very very special place in my heart. Where they go to the uh, of course this is fictional here, but right here monorail. This is why this movie is always going to be very special to me because I'll I'll always for the rest of my life every time I, I watch this movie I will remember that I actually was a monorail pilot at the time that I went to see this. And I remember geeking out over that monorail going by in the in the background for the World's Fair. I just thought that was really really awesome. But I love the look of this World's Fair. It's great. You know, you've got the there you go. Sports. Yeah, Phineas Horton, awesome. whose uh, children would be you know the Reverend Horton Heat. Of course, <laughs> it's great. I mean, it really looks. You know, it really captures the feel of of one of those old World's Fairs. It's really nice. And it's also a nice. Um, predecessor, even though it came out a year or so afterwards, to the World's Fair type thing from Iron Man Two. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. And really connects those two films. Absolutely. Even though the actor playing Howard Stark is different mm -hmm. in this film than he was, but I remember seeing Iron Man Two and thinking that you absolutely probably loved the Disney parallels oh, that absolutely. they were drawing with the character. So. I mean, between that film and this, you get so many of the things that I love best about comics and Disney and, mm -hmm. you know, so many of my interests and obsessions all in these two movies. It's really neat. I love it when 
interests and hobbies of mine cross over. And, you know, here you've got, you know, the World's Fair. You know, this is, you know, they're saying this one's 43, but it's obviously an homage to the 38. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then in Iron Man 2, it's, I forget what year it's supposed to be, but it's obviously an homage to the 64-65 New York one. You know, eat right down to, you know, Walt's, you know, Epcot film and all of that. It's just great. I love it. It would make sense that if you had a fair of this type during World War II, that there would probably be a very large recruiting station. Oh, yeah. Come on, you're kind of missing the point of a double date. We're taking a go. I like that. You go ahead. I'll catch up with you. This guy, I don't know what this guy's name is that plays uh, Erskine, but he's phenomenal in this. Uh, Stanley Tucci, um, who is just an amazing actor to begin with, and he just, he, he nails the accent and just, I like the character right here, mm-hmm. where in his eyes you see just what a great guy he is, just in general. He's uh, he's very Einsteinian yeah. in this part, I think. You know, he's got, he's got the, well, you know, they say that Yoda's eyes were modeled on Einstein. I don't know if this is makeup or if this guy really looks like this, but to me, he's got the same kind of look, you know? Well, well Dr. Erkstein, Einstein, you know, right, Einstein, yeah. you know, that whole thing, you know, all the names that he had in the comic book that they retconned. How can I? Because originally I think it was Erskine, and then they said it was Reinstein, and then somebody came along and said Reinstein was a code name for Erskine, and it's just like, I think you guys are overthinking this. <laughs> Rhinestone cowboy. Don't win the war to like this. It's a good movie. Don't let anyone tell you different. <laughs> Directed by Bob Clark. He did Porky's and A Christmas Story. So. Monorail. <laughs> Dork. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's, this is one of the few times where I can say that and actually mean it, so and not feel like it could be thrown right back at me. So, I do like that uh, that line he gave too. Uh, you're taking all the stupid with you. He's got some really good little one-liners in mm-hmm. this. No, uh, Steve Rogers as a character is just spot on perfect throughout mm-hmm. this whole film. He is so damn likable. Yes. Uh, and I love that, you know, later in the film we're going to see him become Captain America and become bigger, and he never loses that I'm a kid from the neighborhood who just doesn't want to see other people get picked on. Yeah, that would scare the crap out of me, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you know what proctology is? <laughs> you ever seen a grown man naked? Then again, I watched Cannonball Run last night, so I was just thinking of that one, the doctor that... Oh, God. <laughs> I like every time the doors open, it plays that yeah. like, organ <laughs> that music. I made the joke on Facebook, dude. I think all of us podcasters should get together and do a Cannonball Run movie. <laughs> you and Chris driving something. I don't know what it would be. A monorail. Monorail-shaped car. <laughs> I love the fact that they're obviously doing something horribly illegal here, and in the background there is a sign that says it is illegal to falsify. (laughs) (laughs) No, but he's just so... Tucci is so understated in this role that it just comes off exactly the way it has to be, that he sees in something... He sees something in Steve that is essential to what he's trying to do because, you know, as we're going to see, you know, Tommy Lee Jones and the brass, they just want a soldier. Right. And he wants a hero. Right. 
knows? And huh? just, you know, this whole thing. <sighs> Captain America, to me, only and it's the one failing, I think, of the ultimate version of the character, is I think he he feels too much like your typical soldier. Like your typical, you know, perception of what a U.S. soldier would be. Whereas, to me, Cap should always be a soldier, should always, you know, like, and, and feel close to that. But at the same time, he's just a guy that's standing up for everybody else. Right. So, and I never got that with the Ultimate version. I think the Ultimate version is supposed to be a little bit... Uh a little bit cockier but i think he's also supposed to be a little more american if that makes sense because i mean i i, I think there some, you go I, I like that you know i i think sometimes though that you know the fact that it's written by somebody that I, I, at least according to everything i ever hear you know has a real uh stick up his butt about you know americans a real axe to grind so i think some of that comes through in his portrayal of captain america but I, you know, there's moments with the ultimate version of Cap that I actually like a little bit better. You know, some of the, you know, that he he does feel in modern times more like he is a man from the 40s than I ever really got a sense of with the traditional 616 Cap. I can agree with that because he's sitting there listening to his old records and he's not really going out. And it's the whole, in the second series, it's the whole bone of contention between him and the wasp that he is a man trapped in the 40s and she she doesn't care right about his crap so yeah i never got uh you know, i never really remember as a kid getting much of a sense from the the traditional cap of the whole you know man out of time thing. you know they would reference it but it was always just lip service. You know, you know, yeah, you know, Cap came from the 40s. You know, he was a World War II. But you never got a sense of him, like, ever feeling awkward or out of place or, or really mourning that time period. And I liked that with Ultimate Cap. You know, especially in the fact that his sensibilities remained the same. He might be living in the 21st century now. But when it came to something like domestic abuse, his answer was a very 40s answer. You go out and find the guy and beat the living shit out of him. You know, I liked that. And I thought that that, that, that was, was very a great realistic. I, lo- you know? I, I love that moment. Do you think if this movie was made about 20, 30 years ago that Paul Williams would be playing Aaron Amzola? Because <laughs> I get a really big Paul Williams vibe off of this guy. And he's great. He's just... This is another part of this film that I love. That, that somebody that is so enraptured in the character that I totally buy everything that's going on. Recruits, attention! No. Hello. Now, what do you think of her? I think she is fantastic. Really? Yes, I like her quite a bit. Okay. Maybe it's because she's British. I don't know. What's your name, soldier? Gilmore Hodge. She was one of the few casting things in this movie that I, I wasn't really sold on. I don't dislike her. I just didn't quite... I don't know. There's something about I think she's a little stiff. No, she's British. Sorry, Andy. No, but not in not in that British, like, stiff upper lip way, necessarily. Just oh, okay. kind of like, you know, you're not really selling me on this role kind of stiff. You know what I mean? And here's the moment of the film where I was just happy as a pig and crap because I love Tommy Lee Jones. Yep. And he is just pure Tommy Lee Jones throughout oh, this yes, entire yep. freaking movie. 
This really feels like they just wrote this role for him. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> I just... love the little looks he keeps giving. And because they're going to get better. Much... <laughs> you ever seen the movie Lonesome Dove? No, no, I haven't. It's a Western. Um, and he plays an ex-Texas Ranger that's doing this cattle drive. And there's a scene where... One of the hands, who actually turns out to be his illegitimate son, is being beaten by a soldier. And he just wastes this guy in front of God and everybody. And at the end of it, everyone's staring at him. And all he says is, I can't stand rudeness in a man. Won't tolerate it. And, it's just, <laughs> and because it's Tommy Lee Jones, you buy it immediately. First thing I ever saw him in was um, Black Moon Rising. Which I don't remember being a very good movie. Wasn't that where he was a uh, like a car thief? Or yes, something like that? yeah. yeah Thomas that. DJ talked about that on Better in the Dark recently. Yeah, it wasn't too bad a movie, I guess. I, I mean, I don't remember a whole lot about it, but I, he was kind of stand out to me, and that was the the first thing I ever saw him in. And I remember thinking this was a guy to watch. Well, he's he's just got such an easygoing manner about him. Uh, He's like one of those people that can take the the. He's like Kevin Spacey or uh, Jeff Goldblum, where they can take like crap dialogue and make it sound better than it really is. Right. Just in their reading, I love that that they do specifically state that this is Camp Lehigh. You are not Arlie Ermy, sir. Stop trying to be. Yeah, he's about the nicest drill sergeant of the 40s I've ever seen. Yeah. He's not using any profanity. He's not really screaming or yelling too much. He's not booting anybody in the ass. Now, as clever as this is, I could still see them ripping him out of that gene. Jesus oh, yeah. Going. No. <laughs> I didn't ask you to be smart. I asked you to climb a pole. Yep. I just love the whole relationship between these two. Yeah, they barely tolerate each other's existence. <laughs> and yet, there's respect. <laughs> That's a great line. He's making me cry. Yeah, I do like the rapport between these guys. He's wearing an Indiana Jones hat. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder if there's if some of the looks of characters and just some of the things going on in this are homages to to other. I mean, there's an obvious Rocketeer homage late in the movie, but right here. Erskine's kind of a combination of of Indiana Jones and, and his, his father. father. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So. You gotta. It's like they watch Last Crusade and go, "Let's blend these two together." I like this scene a lot. Just, just never even thought about it. Just, yep. just jumped on it and was prepared to die. Yeah. And if he would have died right then, he would have died happy because he died doing what he wanted to do. That guy ends up looking kind of like a douchebag, but yeah. Is this a test? <laughs> He's still skinny. <laughs> <laughs> See, no, any other actor would have screwed that line up. Yep. But it was just that... <laughs> May I? Like, I am not going to admit you were right at all. Sorry. Can't sleep? Get the jitters, I guess. <laughs> I do regret that uh, unless they, they find a way to get really creative about it, that we won't really get 
any more of uh, of Tommy Lee Jones' mm-hmm. character because I would have liked to have seen, you know, a moment after Rogers is lost, you know, some sort of moment with Tommy Lee Jones' character where he, you know, comes to admit, you know, a, a, a respect yeah for roger i mean you can kind of feel it by the end of the movie but at the same rate he never really comes right out and says you know you know i was wrong about the kid or anything like that you know you can't you get that sense out of it but still no there's a there's a great you know the 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 dynamics of that i'm stuttering i have no idea why uh the dynamics of that relationship especially later in the film when you know steve is still just kind of like the, the the pretty boy you know, actor basically. You know, right. not a real soldier. You could see the contempt, but when he comes back, it's just it completely changes. Yeah, I love Tucci's delivery of this story, where he's giving us. You know, it's exposition. Let Let's be fair. Mm-hmm. You know, we're getting the origin of the Red Skull, and we're getting it in a in a kind of a high Stanley concept style. But the way he's telling it, you don't really think of it as exposition you're like oh he's just relating why it is so important that steve is going to be the test subject right he cannot resist wow he huh he really looked like hitler there for a little while yeah it's it's really nicely filmed i like these flashback scenes a lot Mm -hmm. He's wigging out. Same thing happens to me when I eat spicy Mexican. <laughs> Turn all red. Rip my skin off. Good becomes great. Now here is a here is a moment where the current series of Marvel produced films excel at something that popular wisdom says doesn't work. That's a really simple concept that if you take this thing, you know, if you're evil, you're going to become super evil. And if you're good, you're going to become super good. But the matter-of-fact method of how they deliver that line and how he explains it, it just seems so natural that you don't care. Because, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, and and this is not me taking a shot at, at Dark Knight or anything, but I think, you know, the mistake of the, the Nolan Batman films is taking the material too seriously where you have to set it so real world that it sucks some of the fun out of it that kind of idea is just fun and i think the avengers proved that you could have you know a a scene where someone's like you know we need a little patriotism and it feel okay (laughs) right (laughs) well i'm hoping that that this common you know this movie in combination with you know the other films leading up to avengers and avengers itself really starts to um you know really just reaffirms and 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 shows dc a a different tact to take Mm -hmm. you know the original tact that they took with say superman and superman 2 that comic booky, you know, when you're adapting a comic book, is not something to be avoided. It's something to be embraced. You know, don't don't be ashamed of your material. Yeah. If you believe in it and you and you uh, try to present it, you know, in a in a faithful way, and you and if your actors believe in it, right? Because yeah. Superman worked because Christopher Reeve 
treated the material dead seriously mm-hmm. and embodied that character. Chris Evans in the Avengers and Chris Evans in this film works because he he just becomes the role. I see incredible parallels between Evans in both of those movies and uh, and Christopher Reeve in the first two Superman movies, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Most Def- definitely. Just like it was a good model to follow for him. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I liked him. I mean, when, when they announced him being cast, I was kind of torn because on the one hand I was like, I don't know, I can't. I just can't see this guy as Captain America. Do you think? But I liked him because he was, you know, to me, I, I, I find it inarguable that that he was the best part of the two FF movies, at least to yeah. me. Well, to him know? and him and Chickless as the thing, and their relationship. But Evans really, again, he just took, he just assumed that role. Absolutely. And it, you know, he was a young guy, so he played a young, cocky guy. Right. But my only concern with it wasn't so much his acting chops or his looks. I mean, he definitely looks, you know, the the part of you know the Aryan Superman. But the thing that concerned me was that I would go into this movie and all I would see was Johnny Storm. I wouldn't be able to see Captain America, and I think it really speaks to his ability as an actor that I never thought of Johnny Storm at all watching this. Movie, yeah, no, ever. not at all. Yeah, no, he he was Steve Rogers, and that speaks to him. Love the scene. You have no idea how to talk to a woman, do you? I think this is the longest conversation I've had. <laughs> it's a great line. That is a great line, and and I think it. And, and I'm not trying to make fun of our people, but that's a nice little you know parallel to comic book fans. Now this is all male comic book fans. Oh, definitely. This was all filmed right around where our buddy uh, Andy Leyland lives. Yeah, he, he posted those pictures on Facebook, and that was really cool to see. It was really neat, but at the same rate, it kind of crushed me because I really did think that you know it, it all looks like Hogwarts over there where he lives. I was very disappointed <laughs> to find out that that's not the case. This way. What are we doing here? I don't mind those guys that are hanging around in front of Krakow's place there down the street. <laughs> Brooklyn Antiques, right out of the freaking comic. Yep. Well, it wasn't an antique shop, but still, it was just just the the old woman coming out. And... <laughs> Isn't it? Yes, but I always carry an umbrella. That's something I definitely am going to have a comment about at the end. I was I was watching a little bit of this again uh, in the past couple of days, just awesome. gathering some ideas for you know what I wanted to talk about in this, and I noticed that at the end of the movie. And I noticed Iron Man 2 did this as well. Other ones might have done it as well, and I just didn't notice. But I, I definitely noticed at the end of this that there are some thank yous to comic book folks. And I was shocked by both who they thank, but more importantly, who they don't thank. You and, know, uh, I, I had the same thing when I saw Thor. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they thanked a very small group. It's why the Avengers thank yous was a little more to my liking because they thanked a, a larger group of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know it's the end credits. You got a thousand names in there to begin with. A couple couple more comic book creators who were important to the character, not just important to the trade paperbacks you can sell around the time of this movie. Right. Exactly. I love that so. piece of music leading up into this scene, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Sylvester, um, 
Sylvester is such an odd composer. Because, uh, you know, I, th- I, I think of his past films, like, you know, this one and Back to the Future, and then I'm like, he also did Delta Force, so which was all synthesizer music. Here's Clark Kent. See, he's a phenomenal um, composer, and I, you know, he actually is one of my favorites. I, I don't have any quibbles with him at all. So it makes me feel bad when I say that I think he was the wrong choice for this, but I still maintain that I think he was the wrong choice for this movie. His score is growing on me the more I listen to it and the more I watch the movie, but in the long run, I really would have liked to have seen um, Johnston reteamed with uh, with James Horner, who scored you know his Rocketeer film. Which I still think is what got Johnston the gig for this movie was you know his his rep with you know the material you know, the the you know the rockets here but also the period you know that the whole yeah. you know he sells it the same way in both of these movies I really would have liked to have seen what James Horner could do with Captain America because I would imagine it would sound much like. Um, Clear and Present Danger, which is uh, just a phenomenal score, or you know, like uh, Apollo 13, or any of his other mm-hmm. you know military-themed themes. See what won me about Sylvester in this film, and it's the thing that'll win me of a superhero score is if I like the main title march mm-hmm. and the theme of the character, I'll forgive a lot of what maybe didn't quite work, and the Captain America theme was everything I wanted it to be. Because I, I think, you know, after after the disappointing nature of the Batman Begins and Dark Knight scores, where, yeah, the music evokes something, but I don't get a real superhero vibe out of it. Right. When that Captain America theme kicks in, it's just like, oh, that's a pure superhero theme, and I love it. Because Iron Man really didn't have a distinct theme that I can remember. No, no, it doesn't. And it's why I think uh, Doyle was such a good choice for Thor, especially since Brano was directing it, uh, because he had a real majestic quality to the to the music, where Thor, you know, didn't have a real, to be fair, didn't have a real discernible like march either. But still, the music itself felt right for the film. So, Doctor David Banner, physician, <laughs> scientist. This is a great scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, it takes the Matt Salinger origin out back and shoots at execution style. <laughs> no, seriously, we, we, we can do this right, you know? <laughs> well, that's what this whole scene says to me, is that you can take, you know, comic book sci-fi and completely sell it because if somebody had told me that you know eventually they would make a captain america movie you know with the you know super soldier serum and the vita rays and the whole thing and and make it complete i i don't know that i would believe that because it, it it is a pretty silly and fantastical concept and they play it completely straight here and sell the whole scene it really works He's got a great scream in this part. Yes, he does. So dedicated to it. Yeah. 
great. Well, it's something you don't really consider is how painful the process has to be because it's oh, building yeah. muscle and bone, and he's growing yeah, several inches. Oh yeah. I mean, it's the one thing the, the Edward Norton film did, much to my wife's displeasure, is is make the Hulk transformation where you have the popping sounds of the bones and everything reforming, right. which was good to see, but I never want to see it again. That's yeah, why the Avengers, I think, did it right, where he just changed, and it was there. Right. There it is. Hey, he looks just me. You at, like, 18. <laughs> See? I didn't insult you there. Son of a bitch did it. Now I gotta go report back to the planet. How old is uh, Tommy Lee Jones, anyway? He's as old as Al Gore is, so probably in his 60s. Oh, that's right. They were like, what, like college buddies, or roommates, something like that. Yeah, I think I did hear something about that. You look I honestly think he's around my dad's age, which is like sixty-seven. So he just looks like really old in this one. I mean, he looks like he aged like ten, twenty years since the last movie I saw him in. It's just kind of, kind of strange. That guy is very Clark Kent-esque, isn't he? I like how he doesn't just come out shooting here. Right. Ow. Ow. <laughs> hey, he said ow. It's okay now. <laughs> Your security sucks, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they got, like, Star Trek security in this place. It's ridiculous. I want Barry Corbin I to like come out. I like that scene right there. Oh, yeah. But yeah, Barry Corbin comes out and goes, Mr. McKittrick, after careful consideration, I've come to the conclusion that your security system sucks. That's a great look on his face right there. Aw, don't shoot, Grandma, you prick! Jessica Tandy had so many more years. (laughs) Shooting Miss Daisy. Shooting up with Miss Daisy. That would have been a great (laughs) sequel. Her and Morgan Freeman doing heroin. Ow. Isn't that, the ca- this, isn't that huh? the cab from uh, from Roger Rabbit? From <laughs> King Kong. <laughs> yeah, it does look like the, the cab from Roger Rabbit. I was realizing watching this again uh, the other day that uh, these scenes with zooming right in on her, that must have been done for 3D. More than likely, but then again, I will uh, just love him running on Yes. Foot. He really buffed up for this movie. Yeah, he's he's kind of beefy. Yeah, I like this part. I like, too, that he's, you know... Like, they play with the idea that this body's new, you know? Yeah, with, like him falling into that window. It, yeah. Uh, it was just like, okay, I'm not quite used to this. Totally sold that. And you know what was missing there? What's that? No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I would totally totally go to see a Bionic Man movie with Chris Evans as, as Steve Austin. He'd make a good Steve Austin. I think he'd make a great Steve Austin. I really do. I'd watch that. I'd buy that. He stole that from that Wonder Woman pilot. <laughs> <laughs> I 
You know it strikes you see me. That? No, I, I I never did. I mean, even though she's kind of hot, I never did. So. Yeah. I mean, she's no Linda Carter, but damn, who is? She's she's too bitchy faced for uh, for uh, Wonder Woman. I mean, she's got the body, but I like that outfit though. I like that. Oh outfit yeah, quite a bit actually. I had no problem with the pants. It's just Wonder Woman to me. She should be she should be you know, all superhero and 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 tough and you know super strong and all that. But at the same rate, I always. Much like Superman, I like Wonder Woman best when she has sort of a, a naive, naivete about her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this yeah. Wonder Woman was just like, like super bitch. You know what I mean? And I don't mean that from like a you know, well, she was a strong woman, so that automatically means no. no I don't mean no, it that I, way. I, I, I she was just she was just bitchy. You know what I mean? She she just she wasn't very likable. But anyway. Enough about I love this. <laughs> I know the kid's like I can swim, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I'll be I'll be after the bad guy now. Get him. Batman is gonna be pissed when he finds the bat boat missing. It does, it looks like the uh Yeah from uh Batman a- animated series era bat boat, doesn't it? Yes, it does. You know, I will have to say, of, of all of all things movies do that always take me out of it, I, I have to say, anytime that they shoot underwater, I never buy it. It always looks like they're filming in a tank. You know, they, they can't get away from that. Because you can't go into, a, a, a like, a lake and, and film. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ow. Who the hell are you? The first of many. Cut off one head. Ah! Two more. Yeah, that, that was place. upsetting in the theater. What's that? Him popping that I tooth got... out. Oh, yeah. And that's when I made my vow. When that shield flew through the window. <laughs> and I knew what I had to do. And now we are on our way to dance class. Some of these corridors in uh, in the Red Skull's uh, fortress here. I'm, I'm serious. You know, I I just thought of this. This is a Paramount production, so I might not be far off. Some of these corridors remind me of like Star Trek corridors. You know, this whole film, as much as it's a Joe Johnston movie, has a definite Spielberg feel to it. Mm-hmm. So has been indulged long enough. <laughs> you know, I never noticed the detailing on his sh- on his jacket. Yeah. That's actually kind of subtle and it looks really neat. Gentlemen, I have had enough of your shit. You have come to see the I think that one Nazi, the one that's on the right where it just panned away from him. I think I've seen him in another movie where he may have played a Nazi. Yeah, well, you get typecast in those roles. It helps that he's, uh, you know, a real-life one. You know, they pulled him from the past. <laughs> so it's a weird time travel thing. Don't really want to go into it too much now. He, he gets enough crap about it. Okay, here's the thing. If somebody's talking to you like this and it looks like he's aiming something at you, you know, 
Now, don't don't think I'm trying to tell you how to do your job, Mr. Nazi Superior, because, uh, you know, I don't know what you go through in a day. I, I, I'm middle management at an office uh, retail store. Um, but this guy seems like he's about to kill you, so heads up. I have harnessed the power of the gods. Thank you, Schmidt. That man's head is too... Large for his body. <laughs> Wait a second. Berlin is on this map. So it is. Yeah, Berlin's on this map. You know, because Berlin's on a lot of maps. You will be brought before the Führer himself. Ow! I love that he misses and is kind of pissed about it. See, that was a total Spielberg moment. That's awesome. My apologies, Doctor, but we both knew Hydra could grow no further in Hitler's shadow. And what this movie really nails is something I always liked of the comics, that basically the Red Skull was created by Hitler and eventually thought, I'm better than this guy. Right, yeah. <laughs> Would you like a sponge bath? <laughs> Any hope of reproducing the program is locked in your genetic code. You're going to feel a small prick. I hope to not feel the same. <laughs> she looks like a naughty nurse. <laughs> well, there's several nurses that don't look like naughty nurses, but they all happen to be related to me, so I think that's uh, a good thing. But I'll, I'll agree with you about this one in particular. All these tough guys walking around in their three-piece suits and their fedoras and everything, and not one person in this movie goes, meh, meh. <laughs> kind of disappointed in that. I like this guy that plays the, what? what is he, the... Senator? Senator, yeah. Yeah, I like this guy. So what are you going to do about it? Spoke to the president this morning. As of today, the SSR is being retasked. This is really his idea to go with the whole Captain America thing in this. But you know what bugs me about this whole thing is, is that, you know, okay, Erskine died, and that's a tragedy, and sets a lot of the things in motion. But, you know, they have a freaking super soldier, and you're going to tell me they're just going to throw him to the side? It's the one part of the movie that bugs the crap out of me. Is I just don't believe it. I mean, it leads to a good. Uh, it, uh, the story doesn't suffer for it, but it still doesn't make a lick of sense to me. Well, I mean, uh, Tommy Lee Jones just doesn't have faith in him. You know, without Erskine there to to keep, you know, to to balance him out and remind him that no, you know, I chose this guy for a reason. Now it's just all up to Jones, and Jones never really believed in Rogers to begin with. Yeah, but he believed in the program, and that's that's just where I'm kind of I'm stuck there. Because it's it seems like it seems like developing a new weapon and then going, eh, we're not going to use it. I still say that Marvel should have sent out still shots of him in this costume just to scare the shit out of us. They did. Don't you remember those pictures that they sent? That was one of the no. big reasons a lot of people were freaking out. Is they sent out that one picture of him. From the part where uh, he's like half in this costume and like 
He's wearing like a leather jacket or something. It's the part where he goes to try to save Bucky cool, and the guy. Oh, yeah, I, I remember it making a lot of people nervous. I was actually one of them. I looked at it and said, I don't know about that. But it's a nice way to sneak in the classic costume. Oh, absolutely. And, and have it work just so... Because it looks good. It really does. Especially the boots. I love this song. I'm so glad they included it on the score. I like the Alex Ross poster there, too. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that have been in black and white? <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at the camera. Each one you buy is a bullet in the barrel of your best guy's gun. Yeah, I like this uh, panty this shop song a lot. Well, yeah, I like that too. But I like this song because it's the one moment of the movie that really feels authentically, you know, World War Two. Because mm-hmm. you know it, it gingerly, but you know they kind of use some of the the you know not quite racial epithets, but you know what I mean. They they, uh, you know, they capture the the, the tone that was going on during the war. This guy playing Hitler looks familiar to me too, but I'm not sure who he is. I think he was one of my early managers. <laughs> and I, and I really mean it, like Hitler. I think Hitler lived and managed McDonald's. And- be careful with that. I like this shot of him sitting in the theater right there. Sitting in the theater, just kind of embarrassed, but also proud at the same time. That's neat. Wait a second, you mean I can get laid because of this? <laughs> they are right really there. trying to not show you these girls' panties. <laughs> the way they're cutting it. That might just be my favorite part of the movie, I gotta be honest. I really like that. You suck! <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. The girls. I think they only know the one song, but um, let me. I'll, I'll see what I can do. This is like me at work sometimes. Where yeah, I, no. really, <laughs> I I really don't know how to deal with this situation. I will be right back. I'm not really into that, but thank you. <laughs> Don't worry, pal. They'll warm up to you. Don't worry. Cuties. <laughs> I like that sketch. Oh. Hello, Steve. Hi. Hi. What are you doing here? All those cute chorus girls, and he's fixated on her. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm I, I'm sorry. I know he's like the personification of purity, but you know, if I was picked on all my life and girls never paid attention to me, suddenly I had a six pack abs and but you know, twenty four inch biceps and surrounded by women that probably wanted to have sex with me and I was single. Um, yeah. So and these are your only two options. A lab rat or a dancing monkey. I like that he, he maintains his uh, his awkwardness around women, though. Yeah. Well, it's not... That kind of confidence just doesn't come with a good, with, you know, with a, with a good physique, you know. Right. If, if you've grown up thinking of yourself in a certain way, you really can't, can't break that. But I gotta tell you, you know, him in this costume... This prototype, you know, like, you know, showboat costume and the leather jacket looks actually really freaking good in action. They look like they've been through hell. These men more than most. So that's one of the things I really like in this movie and that I really hope that they are able to maintain in later pictures using, you know, Chris Evans as Captain America is this sense of, you know... Even though he is, as you say, you know, now he's got this super body and he's super strong and all that. I hope that that they always are able to to hold on to that, you know, that that innocence and that gentleness about the character. You know, that that sense of he doesn't know his own strength because there's only really a couple moments in the movie where he he himself kind of becomes the bully a little bit, where he realizes how much stronger he is. But it's always with the enemies, you know. Mm-hmm. But I like that. You know, I, I like most of the time, you know, the fact that he is so much more superhuman than everybody else now. He he doesn't flaunt it, and I like that. I like that a lot. What about the others? Are you planning a rescue mission? Yeah, it's called winning the war. But if you know what they are, it's a great line. It's like that scientist I saw on the news around the time of the first Iraqi war when they asked him what cured anthrax, and he goes, death. <laughs> now you take some antibiotics, but still. Made for a funny line. Yes, sir. I do. If you have something to say, right now is a perfect time to keep it to yourself. <laughs> what do you plan to do? Walk he is a trip. That's what it takes. You heard the colonel. Your friend is most likely dead. You don't know that. Even so, he's devising a strategy. If he detects By the same... time he's done that, it could be too late. See, that just looks good. I think it does now. Seeing it in context, you know, with the whole movie, but I'm just saying that when when that was the only image we got, it was so I don't kind remember of, that. It was worrying, you know. I'm trying to remember where exactly it is because there's there's a moment here. I can do more than that. I I think he's on a motorcycle in the actual picture that got released, but you could see pretty much the entire outfit, and I remember people just looking at it going, I don't know about this. But you're right. Like that, it looks good. You know, with the with the leather jacket and all that. Believe it or not, it I, huh? I like that he grabbed a helmet with an A on it. That was a nice little yeah. touch. Yeah. Hey, well, undoubtedly shoot back. Well, let's hope it's good for something. Agent Carter, 
Before he put the helmet and everything else on, just the look of him in the classic outfit with the leather jacket like that kind of took me back to uh, to like 90s era Avengers where they all had the, the leather jacket. I actually kind of like that look, believe it or not. I thought it was a little bit silly on Cap. It's like, why the hell's Cap wearing a jacket? You know, but at the same rate, it was kind of a cool look too. They ordered it for him. <laughs> Sure, this thing works. Been tested more than you, pal. You know, oddly enough, watching this scene made me realize how scary as hell it must be to be in a plane and someone shooting at you. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> scary enough being in a plane, period. The hell I can't. You're a girl. You have a vagina. Your opinion does not matter to me. Wait, you do have a vagina, right? Just check. She's a man, baby. As you can see, production of the Valkyrie is progressing on schedule, even with components of this size. Increase the output by 60% and... Wait a minute, isn't this that same factory from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? I think they retrofitted it, and what they're really <laughs> building are disco balls. That's <laughs> the disappointing thing is that he's gonna he's gonna take over the world through Saturday Night Fever. Now, Not now. <laughs> he just checked out that guy's ass. Did you see that? <laughs> no, did he? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, the guy playing Dum Dum Dugan was in awesome. First Contact. Yep. You know. He was the voice of Bruce Banner on the 90s cartoon series. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and he was also the bad guy in a largely forgettable film, but I like The Rock, uh, so he was the bad guy in Walking Tall. Um, and he just totally became Dum Dum Dugan for me. Oh, yeah, he's great in this. But, yeah, I just think of him as the guy that was killed by the Borg. Yep. In uh, First Contact. Yep. Hawk, I think, was his name. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Oh, this is great. <laughs> it's like, hey, that's guys, a that's Star a Wars moment. I'm sorry, that's a total Star Wars moment. <laughs> no, I'm fine. Everything's fine here. How are you? <laughs> a boring conversation anyway. Oh, that's what they need. They need some Ewoks in this part. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Ow. Boink! <laughs> Just cave that guy's skull in. <laughs> no shit. This Captain America does not mind killing the enemy. <laughs> I like that, too. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. In times of war, he wouldn't relish it, but he'd probably take some people out. You know, Mark Gru the late Mark Grunewald, God rest his soul, wrote a great Captain America, still completely disagree with his concept of Cap not killing. Cap shouldn't relish killing. He shouldn't go in. He shouldn't be like the Punisher. But when push comes to shove, the man's a soldier. There's certain characters, I think, that you just can't get around that fact. You know, guys like Superman are, you know, that are that are so awesomely superpowered. I can understand Superman, you know, having that vow. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to step over that line. Guys like, say, Captain America, Batman, certain other characters, I think that 
just by the nature of the of the way that they have to perform their job as a superhero, I, I don't think you can take killing off the table and make it believable. Yeah. And that was one of the things I was really glad with in this is that they didn't shy away from that. They fully acknowledged this is a war picture. Now, well, I mean, he's already Avengers. He throws a guy off the freaking helicarrier. Right. Well, yeah. That. I mean, there's a moment in this where he go, throws a guy out of the whatever the hell that the flying wing. I loved that moment because it was like, hell yeah, there he goes. You know, he's he's not screwing around here. He's got to save the world, and if he's got to kill some bad guys to do it, then you know he's not going to shy away from that. Because, I mean, come on, you're already dealing with a fantastical enough premise as it is. You've already had to sell the audience on a lot of fantastic elements. If you took that next step and made it, you know, well, you know, I now I, I go into war carrying nothing but a shield. I, I refuse to carry a gun. I refuse to kill any of the bad guys. I'm just going to knock them out. Then you're getting into just like Batman, you know, 60s Batman territory. Then it just becomes laughable and campy at that point. You know, but if you sell it honestly that, you know, yeah, he's a superhero, yeah, he carries a shield, but in the other hand, he's got a machine gun, you know, and he's not afraid to waste the enemy, then I, I think you're able to sell it that much, more, you know, more strongly. So apparently the black guy is Nick Fury? No. Somebody told me that. No, that totally doesn't work. Does it? I don't no, That can't possibly work. That would make him... All right, say <laughs> Dude just snapped his freaking neck. <laughs> I am not playing around with you. You say people. he's 20 years old in this movie. I mean... Super Soldier Serum. Okay. That's how they always explained him living in uh, the Marvel Universe. Uh, okay. so. I don't know. Somebody... I forget who told me that. And they're like, no, nah, it's obvious. And I, I guess to me it wasn't all that obvious because... Exactly What's he credited as in the, in the credits? See, I, I'm going to watch that because I, I never went back and... Does he have a... Nah, maybe. I don't know. I never thought of that. I mean, that. it could work. I, I it's, not, it's, it's not something I hate. He'd be freaking 90 years old, though. Yeah, but so would Nick Fury in the current Marvel Universe. So, though, I'll, I remember... Uh, it's very funny of how far-reaching the effects of these Marvel films have been. Uh, when Rachel and I were watching episodes of the old 90s Spider-Man series and Nick Fury showed up. She goes, why is he white? <laughs> he had that same disease that Michael Jackson had. <laughs> exactly. Actually, they've... Not to really go off on a weird tangent, that would probably wasn't a disease on his part. Uh, apparently, Michael Jackson took medication as a teenager to curb you know, pimples and stuff. And it was one of these things where they didn't really look at the far-reaching effects of it because it was the 70s. And that could have messed him up for the rest of his life. So, things my wife learned. It's a very good action scene. Oh, yeah. It's like a great mix of World War II and Star Wars. Yeah, I love these laser guns they've got. They're really They cool. work. They really do. I heard I remember people bitching about this when the movie came out. I'm like, "No, they they set up the technology. It totally works." Was that totally the Easter works. egg right there with him grabbing up the I think There's so. supposed to be a part here where it shows uh Zola and he's got blueprints that show his android body. 
I was just reading about I wasn't this today, attention. but yeah, I, I I just thought of that as that scene was going by. But I read that somewhere today. I don't know if that's really true or not. Because after I watched this again, I, it got me to thinking again. I keep meaning to look up how the hell did Arnim Zola survive World War II? And it actually turns out that he's a character from the uh, the 70s that was retconned to have been around uh-huh. in World War II. He wasn't originally. I think I remember reading about that. And so they explained it that he had, uh, you know, by the time we meet him, he's already in the android body. You know, you know what's fun. You know what I like about this scene is that okay, you're a soldier, you're a prisoner of war, you've been a, you've been tortured, and suddenly your best friend from back home shows up and he's buff as hell. I mean, you, I would have think I thought I was dead. <laughs> I've been like, I, I must have died. What were they doing to Bucky? You think? I think they were just torturing him for information. You think he's dead? No. I've heard rumors of him being Winter Soldier. Yeah. I heard something about him that he's signed uh, a multi-movie deal, so he's not necessarily not necessarily gone. I don't know how I feel about that, because I'm a Bucky purist. I hate it. Hated when they brought him back in the uh, in the Brubaker. It's, it's kind of funny that you say that because I hated the idea and then read it and it worked so well and it was written so well. You got no idea. Ow, dude! Did I just rupture a blood vessel or something? That's cool. How? <laughs> oh, the cinematography there is just so great. Oh, it is. That's awesome. <laughs> you see, I was his greatest success. And the reveal, which was ruined in the trailer, but still works rather effectively. Really, I don't remember seeing that in the trailer. Saw it in some early thing, but they 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 showed what the skull looked like before the film came out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a great line. He looks really good, though. Mm-hmm. Now, the makeup here is excellent. Much better than the 90s film. Where he must be a little like a burn victim. Yeah. There must be a little bit of CGI going on there to remove his nose and just leave a cavity, though, I would think. I don't know. I think you could do that with makeup. You think so? Yeah. It looks really good. Regardless of how they did it, it looks excellent. I mean, hell, look what they did to Eric Stoltz and Mask. Are you going to the roof? I'm going to go to my phallic-shaped ship. (laughs) Not a scratch, Doctor. Not a scratch. Oh, I get to drive the chip magnet car. Chick stick the car. You shut your mouth. I don't know why I quoted that. I hate that line. I was about to say, dude. Awesome. That's a cool rocket, too. Or plane, or whatever the hell it's supposed to be. Yeah, it'd be really funny if you just found out that they they ripped off the plans from Nemo's car and leave the extraordinary gentleman. (laughs) 
Dude, I cannot wait for us to do that commentary. Oh, I'm serious. Be I've almost finished epic. reading the novel, and there is something I found out reading the novel that just had me seriously geeking out, so I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of fuck those people that, that hated Tom Sawyer in the film from me. Do you know what his motivation is? No. Because they never reveal it in the movie, but it's in the novel. And when I when I got to it, what his whole beef with M was, I was like, oh, that is awesome. What, what did he kill, Huck Finn? He killed Huck Finn. Yeah. That's, that's, Isn't that's that... obvious, but brilliant. Yes, it was. It was great. Yeah, there's there's actually more characters in the in the novel. Not a lot of them, but there's you know references to to more characters. And then he took her swollen. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> I don't know every time why I see every time I see somebody writing in a film that I assume that they're writing a romance novel, but I guess it's just funnier to me. The last surveillance flight is back. No sign of activity. You know, he's so angry towards her because he's like, you know, 30 years, if I were 30 yeah. years younger, I'd be having sex oh, yeah. with you right now. <laughs> Can't touch Stark, he's rich. And he's the army's number one weapon. You know how badly I want to see some speeder bikes go by in the background and see the scenes, right? <laughs> this is worth it. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, Ewoks right here would have been great. That would have been awesome. Captain America just leads a tribe of Ewoks in to save his friends. That'd be freaking awesome. I'd pay money. <laughs> then one of them gets shot, and the other one goes over and starts crying. <laughs> and at the end, they have all the Hydra helmets, and they're playing them like bongos. It's like it's already happened. Oh, how cool would it be to see like the war wheel come flying down the, oh. <laughs> you know, and the and the and the Ewoks cut the logs and it just smashes into each side of it? That'd be awesome. That's mixing up your companies, though. Oh, that is though, isn't it? War wheel was DC. That was Blackhawk. Yeah. Eh, it's all funny books. It's all good. Oh man, they got us all off the bread line. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I can kind of see the Nick Fury thing now that you say that. It or like I said, either way it works. If it isn't, fine. If it is, I'm okay with that too. Oh God, I hate that man. Who? Oh, yeah. that guy. Yeah. Soldier coming out looking at Steve Rogers, going, "I hate you." <laughs> he. Uh, I. I kind of wonder if that guy uh, was supposed to to mirror. Um, what was his name? Walker. John Walker. That would have yeah. been awesome. You know, if they reveal in the sequel that they made him like a super soldier with an imperfect, uh, that won't be necessary. With an imperfect uh, formula, that would really work. Yeah, Dude, I could that see would that. totally work. I could see that being a storyline, say, like for Captain America, like three or four or something, where they do the whole, you know, evil duplicate type of mm -hmm. thing. You know, where they do like, you know, like the story from the comics. You know, where there was like, you know, the cap of the 50s, the 50s that yeah. was like imperfect and all that because i just read that story uh for the first time not long ago and it was really good i really enjoyed it i like that line i just like the line the music coming up i mean it's just the only thing he doesn't do is kiss her 
which I think everybody would probably be okay with. Yep. Captain America. Captain America. <laughs> the Marines. Dude, that, that, that one dude in the that one reporter in the front looked just like Clark Kent. I'm sorry. No. I thought he'd be taller. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but. Stan. Oh, I love the blimps. That's awesome. Meanwhile, down in the D and D room. <laughs> No, seriously, I've got this great campaign set out. I'm going to put you through uh, up against a couple of orcs. You know, it's going to be great. I just want to see the fireplace turn around and Indy and his dad are tied back to back in it. <laughs> and they just stare, it turns around, and they just go on with the movie as if it never happened. <laughs> These are the weapon factories we know about. See, that was the epic thing in Star Wars Lego 3, where in one of the things you flip a switch and Indy and his dad spin around in the fireplace. Put a factory on Park Place, you dumbass. Hi, I am amazingly hot. <laughs> I'm not really a fan of blondes, but damn. Mm -hmm. What? You're not a fan of blondes? Not really. Never really have been. So let's get this straight. We barely got out of there alive, and you want us to go back? Pretty much. Sounds rather fun. I really like the Asian guy. I'm in. Did we really have to make this an international fighting force? I guess it works. Would you get my uniform? Which one is it? It's the one that says bad motherfucker on it. What's that? Open a tab. I always imagine Dum Dum Dugan having an accent, though. I'm not sure what kind of accent, but some kind of accent. Because he was a circus strongman, right? Wasn't that his, his whole deal? I, I don't know any of his background. I just assume he was Dan Turpin. <laughs> then again, I assume most of the Jack Kirby creations were Dan Turpin at some point. <laughs> I'm not mistaken. He, he was, a, he was a, like a, a circus strongman. And I guess I always just assume he was, like, Irish or something. So I always imagined he would have some sort of an accent. But I don't know. It might just have been his look that, that gave me that idea. I'm not sure. I always liked... Uh, I'm pretty sure it's him that walks in to the, uh, the helicarrier. In the She-Hulk graphic novel, where that that one guy, where they beam up the She-Hulk to the helicarrier, and the one guy makes her strip naked, and I'm pretty sure it's Dum Dum Dugan that walks in right at the time where she's just got naked, and he's all like embarrassed and stammering, and then he goes over and chews the guy out for. Yeah, I was about to say yeah, if I remember great. that scene correctly, he just freaking loses it on the yeah. guy. That might have been the first time I ever saw that character. I'm not sure. I'm invisible. <laughs> totally checking out her ass as she walks away. Yeah, no, I was just thinking the same thing. Don't take it so hard. Maybe she's got a friend. <laughs> Love that. It's a complete role reversal there. Have you noticed that the Nazi weapons in this sound, they're, they're a little bit 
the the sound effect is stretched out a little bit more and it's a little bit deeper and resonant but it sounds a hell of a lot like iron man's weaponry have you noticed that that, that's on purpose yeah i figured so but i just wondered how many people have actually you know noticed that no, I, I watched uh, right before I went to see Avengers. Like literally, while I was waiting for while I was waiting, and my wife was getting ready, um, I, I watched like a ten minute video on YouTube that had all of the like a bunch of the Easter eggs from the various Marvel films, and that was one of them. It, it it just really goes to show when you have a company that is dedicated to having all of their films connect. Because if you never notice it, it doesn't matter. It's just a sound sound effect. But if you do notice it, it shows a level of attention on the part of the the producers that makes these movies as good as they are. Absolutely. I I hope that they can maintain it. That's, That's the big question now is can they maintain it? You know, can they keep it going forward? Because six, you know, six just incredible successes like this that's just unheard of you know what i mean kind of makes you nervous for iron man 3 doesn't it you know what i gotta be honest at this point no it it really doesn't it actually gives me a a, a lot of faith in it i I hope that's not a misplaced faith but i mean like i say after you know after knocking it out of the park six times i mean it doesn't at this point it doesn't have to come out and blow me away it doesn't have to be better than anything else it just has to be on the same level you know what i mean because these movies are of, of varying quality as well. I mean, you know, some of them are, you know, I like some better than others. So, I mean, you know, as long as it's as good as the movies that led up to Avengers, you know, it doesn't it doesn't have to blow away anything. It just has to be as good. It's about making sure you and your men do not get killed. Carbon polymer. I'm curious. I'm very curious what they're going to end up doing with that, especially with the uh, you know with the the patriotic armor that they were showing and all that. You know what storyline they might be going with and all that. The only thing I'm nervous about is I like Shane Black as a writer. You know, Lethal Weapon, Monster Squad. You know, the man's got a good solid track record. Uh, I just you know Favreau was such a part of those films. That to not have him direct it just seems kind of stupid to me. Who is directing it? Shane Black. Oh, he's going to be the director. Yeah, the guy that, like I said, that wrote Lethal Weapon and wrote. The oh, I thought you meant he was he was writing. He's. I think he's doing the script too. Oh, okay. Well, you never know. I mean, no, I have faith. I'm probably going to end up enjoying it because I think Robert Downey Jr. can make anything look good with those movies. I mean. He just totally became that character. Though I got I got to watch. I have. I didn't get to see the entire film. I really got to pop that DVD in. Um, uh, I watched him as Sherlock Holmes, and I really liked him in that role too. So, oh, nice. Yeah, I like this. I wish that this had been the uniform he'd worn in uh, in Avengers. Not that I don't like the Avengers one, but I like this one a lot. I leave for five minutes, and they throw a party without. Damn it! Somebody left the iron on. You sank my battleship. Oh, 
Oh great, I'm gonna fight the knights who say me. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I like this. Mm -hmm. And I don't like war pictures, so that's why I'm so surprised that I like this as much as I did. But I did. I really enjoy. I'd watch a whole movie of this. I really would. Allures. <laughs> way to go, Luigi! This is the worst por porno film I've ever seen. So you fuck him yet? <laughs> That's the look he's given, isn't it? <laughs> Ow! Snipers are scary people. See, I'm told that that scene right there is supposed to be reminiscent of Winter Soldier. Yeah, it was. Because that's kind of what he was. No, 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 That's no, no, cool. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. See, right here, totally needs a hang glider. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's a great outfit. I'd love to see somebody cosplay as that as, at a convention. That'd be great. Finish your mission, Doctor, before the American finishes his. Zola kind of looks like Tote from uh, from Raiders, right there. A little bit. A little bit. But once you are told yeah. that it's the same sound effect, you cannot yeah. hear anything else. Oh yeah. Watch that first step. Alrighty. I'm uh about to get okay. I got some. I got some top forty coming through on this thing. So. We were right. Doctor Zola's on the train. Hydro dispatcher gave him permission to open up the throttle. Wherever he's going, they must need him bad. The only thing is, though, if that really is Fury, then wouldn't Cap would remember him then, right? Well, somebody... I forget who I was talking to about this, but basically the idea is that that's why he kind of trusts Fury at the end of the film. But, uh, yeah. I guess... Now, here's where you need a hang glider. Thank you. Pulls out obvious I, CGI I, just, shot. I know myself too well. I, I would have I would have slipped and fallen off the minute I walked off that ledge because I I just I get sweaty palms just watching that. Really? <laughs> now, I like the soundtrack in this part because while it's you know very different, it's also somewhat reminiscent of the music that uh, Silvestri wrote for Back to the Future Three with the with the train and that he's very good at at scoring. Things with trains in them. I like that. <laughs> Again, with a very Star Trek-looking interior here. Yeah, I can see that. The door shuts. And I Arnim hate Zola. when that happens. And Arnim Zola shows up, and he takes him to the Genesis Project. <laughs> Can I cook or can I cook? 
Can't do it with one bullet, boy. Don't do it at all. Mm-hmm. Whoa. That's a great sound effect. Ow! He's recording a podcast. That's <laughs> what you don't know. That's great. Nice teamwork. You know what? That outfit he's wearing right there kind of looks uh, like Winter Soldier too. Now that I see, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, it, it's it's very. It's supposed to be. Yeah, it's not subtle at all about it. Ow. Now I don't want you to worry, but you're about to die. Yeah, this part was sad. Oh, poor guy. Yeah, you gotta feel bad for him. Thank you for waking me up. I had had a nice nap. So <laughs> look at his face. Obviously, he was making some knuckle children, and they just <laughs> he's uh, looking a little bedraggled. <laughs> do 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 do. do. I'm so hungry right now. Steak. What is in it? Cow. Chicken. <laughs> it's a bacon burger dog from the Cosby Show. I don't eat meat. Now this reminds me a lot of, uh, you know, in real life, a lot of the Nazi scientists were actually brought. You know, into you know, over into the American side through uh, through Project Paperclip and all. You know, that's how they got like Warner von Braun and a lot of yeah. those guys. That's how we had our space program. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I like that the, it's kind of the same idea here. I wonder if if we'll see more of uh, of Arnim Zola. I I actually would not mind seeing him in a in a future movie. I don't know that you could necessarily sell him as being the head bad guy. No. But I, th I think you could definitely sell him as, you know, he's still around, you know, but with, uh, with the whole android thing going on, you know, still creating super weapons and all for some other, you know, super criminal, like, say, uh, you know, if the Red Skull does come back, or uh, I really want to see um, Baron Zemo. I like to see Master Man too. Now, which one is he? Is he the one that's kind of like Captain Nazi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind that. 
If I had my pick, though, I'd, I'd have to go with Baron Zemo. I really How like How can that. you not go with Baron Zemo? That's the thing, you know? <laughs> he's he's kind of like Cap's other bad guy from World War II. Right. Well, the only thing that, that makes me nervous that we might not ever see Baron Zemo is that they didn't go with the whole Zemo being responsible for the death of Bucky thing in this, you know? Which that was always such an iconic part of, of Cap's history. You know, it was it was his fault that Bucky died. And, you know, they've gone a different direction in this, so I don't know if, if it would work. You know, if you could still tie him in some, you know, some way and make him relevant, then I guess it would work. I don't know. Like I say, though, I have, at this point, I, I have a hell of a lot of faith in, in what they're doing. So anything they want to try is pretty much okay with me until, you know, whatever. Until it goes off the rails? Yeah, until it goes off, yeah, pretty much. I'm hoping it doesn't, though. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that that they're able to make these movies good up until, you know, if it gets to that point, I, I just, as much as it pains me to say, I, I hope I would rather see the franchise just end on a high note, you know, rather than, than you know, descend into, you know, Superman or, or Batman movie syndrome, you know, or, you know, like the original four Batman, you know, where it just, <laughs> you know, by the fourth one, you're just like, oh my God, please just pull the plug, you know? I completely agree with you. Unfortunately, and, and again, this isn't me trying to insult my fellow comic fan. If it ended on a high note, I'd be totally satisfied with that. But there would be people constantly going, "Why can't we get another one?" Right. It's just well, like I mean, that yeah. would go counter to Hollywood history too, because you know Hollywood history is is that you know if it worked, you know if they loved it once, they love it twice and run it into the ground. Just keep making sequels until finally it just sucks so bad nobody ever wants to see it again, you know? I mean And then the same Hollywood insiders are like, well this never worked in the first place. It's right. like, yeah. asshole. <laughs> and then, you know, 10, 15, 20 years later somebody picks it up and dusts it off and tries to do the whole remake and, you know, start it all over again. So I mean you know, you never did know. You, did you ever see Bon Voyage, Charlie Brown? <laughs> yeah. This scene reminds me of that kiss me once and kiss me twice and kiss me once again. He starts crying. <laughs> Where the hell are they in this scene? Uh, a bombed out bar in uh, Berlin, I'm assuming. I mean, in, uh, in England, in London. Some of them got hit by the Blitz. It wasn't your fault. Would you like to see my vagina? Yes. I mean... You know, the service in this place sucks. I just want you to know. <laughs> I'm going to be complaining to the manager. Then stop blaming yourself. Spend the maid's night off. The dignity of his choice. He damn well must have thought you were worth it. I'm going after Schmidt. I'm not going to stop till all of Hydra's dead are captured. Because damn it, they made it personal. I still say she's very wooden. It's not that she's not cute, and it's not that she's not trying. I still say she's very wooden in this. I, see, I, I don't get that, but, you know, perceptions are going to be different. So. I, I really wanted to see the outtakes where they're trying to like talk like it's a 1940s film. We're going to do this. Yeah, we're going to do this. According to my new best friend under 24 hours. Oh, I would have loved this if the Red Skull had talked like Edgar G. Robinson. That would have been awesome. See, take over, we're going to take over the world. Take see? over the world, see? Yeah. yeah. It's not like we can just knock on the front door. And then Captain America goes, okay, one for you, one for me. Two for you, one, two for me. 
That's exactly what we're You've been eating onions! I like how they work the motorcycle in. This is the speeder bike chase. This is uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, dude. That's what this is. A little bit, yeah. Six of one, half a dozen. Yeah. I like their uh, Galactica 1980 uh, flying motorcycles, though. <laughs> no, they're not invisible, Scott. Ah, <laughs> oh, my ass! <laughs> oh, Wilhelm scream. That's awesome. Which I can yeah, now like never not notice, thanks to you and Chris. <laughs> I've gotten to the end of the level. Now i got to get to the All big right, Tell me right there that that shouldn't be an invisible shield. Come on. <laughs> see through shield. A little bit. Actually, I couldn't really go for the theme at this point. <laughs> Hang glider! Aww. Ow. Looked like Stone Mountain in the background there for just a second. Yeah, I'm sure that's where they're fighting, too. That would have been so... so. <laughs> Why do I see Robert E. Lee? Great sound. Great, great sound design in this. That's cool as hell. Yeah, he is not holding back from his super strength in this scene. He is just tossing them around like ragdolls. See, that's the thing with being able to do this movie in this day and age is you can do the, the CGI stuff with the shield ricochets and all, and it's, you know, you totally sell it in a way that you never could, you know, mm -hmm. years ago. Because the shield, you know, that, that ricochet stuff with the shield is such an integral part of this character. Really looking forward to when they go back and do the George Lucas version of this where Boba Fett's hanging out in the background. <laughs> Which reminds me, when you get your get a chance, sir, watch the Cracked.com video, Boba Fett sucks at his job. <laughs> okay. It's two guys arguing about whether or not Boba Fett sucks at his job or not. my genius and tried to deny me what was rightfully mine, but he gave you everything. I'm kind of attracted to you right now, and I feel really weird about it. <laughs> he looks like he's checking him out. I'm sorry. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he actually does. <laughs> See, the the other kind of, I wouldn't say disappointing thing about this film is I never, I don't think we ever really get a good Cap Red Skull fight. Oh, of course you can. Unfortunately, I am on a tight schedule. Um, how silly the Red Skull would look with a big old mustache, <laughs> like a cheesy '70s stash too. Popping him off with a freaking shotgun, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it was unlocked. Can you hear me now? Good. <laughs> Where are the Ewoks? 
you and your damn thing. You know, it'd be funny <laughs> if they're running through this woods and they run into uh, uh, Professor Xavier and Magneto from uh, first uh, class. <laughs> Glad they're making a sequel of that film, by the way. I was listening to something the other day. I can't remember what it was, and they were just dogging that movie. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? Well, that was a great I was about to, movie. Because I remember when I saw it, I texted you as soon as I was done saying, you need to see this. And you were you were a little hesitant. But you came around. I wasn't hesitant. I was like, I don't give a shit about the X-Men. I mean, I'm really glad I went to see that, you know? I just I had I never thought that one of my like top superhero movies of all time would ever be an X Men movie, but that movie was just it was phenomenal to me. I really enjoyed the hell out of it. That's great. Twang. It's a scorching case of hemorrhoids. My action figure will outsell all others. <laughs> Ow. Little Anakin, he'll be good as new. No, seriously, we're going to hook him up in this Darth Vader outfit. <laughs> it's going to be great. And the door shuts and he's stuck outside. Film over. Red Skull wins. We suck. Red Skull and the Joker both got a thing for flying wings. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's a good thing I know how to fly this thing. <laughs> right, <awesome>. yeah. <laughs> I am all that is man at this point. That's a good point. Turbines to speed. <laughs> Roger, ready to move out. Okay, I need to do this as dramatically as humanly possible. Right. <laughs> I just punched that one dude in the head. <laughs> Doink. I remember seeing that in the ads and thinking that was really cool looking. I bet you this actually probably did look pretty good in 3D. Did you see this in 3D? I can't watch movies in 3D. I get a headache 30 minutes in. Far-sighted in one eye, near-sighted in the other. My glasses mess with how I see anyways. So then I'm adding something on top of that that is also messing with how I perceive the world and I get a headache. I just don't go see movies in 3D because my last name's not Rockefeller. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the last 3D film... Well, no, that I was about to say the last 3D film I saw was with you when we saw Christmas Carol. Uh, but, um... Oh, you're going to get your wish, by the way. What's that? Well, you said when they showed uh, Scrooge and all them zipping through uh, to the past that you'd like to see that with the speeder bikes. I guess if they release any more of the Star Wars films in 3D. Yeah. I, n I never did get to see... Uh, episode 1. Episode 1 in 3D, but that's okay. Yeah, I, I thought your opinion was you don't want to give George any more of your money. <laughs> I do want to see uh, the other ones in 3D, though. I mean, if I'd had time and money, you know, the extra money to go do it, I would have. I just, you know, I just, it wasn't I, a high priority, and it just never happened is all. I think it's a useless technology. I really do. I don't think it adds anything to the film. No, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's all gimmick. But still, I mean, sometimes it can be fun. 
but I'm not overall I'm not real big on 3D I just you know it's a fad it's a way to get another five bucks out of us I remember when yeah. we see a Christmas carol it was like $27 for me and my wife yeah, and then I was like crazy. Jesus Scott's got two kids yeah. I don't even want to think about that it was expensive I mean, but I, I mean, I haven't gone out of my way since, you know, to see any movie in 3D. And, you know, all these new movies that have come out that have been 3D, I haven't ever felt like I missed anything by seeing them 2D. There was never a moment in the movie where I was like, oh, man, you know, I really wish I'd watched this in 3D. You know, now I feel cheated kind of thing. You know, there, there might have been little moments where I was like, oh, I bet you that looked good in 3D. But other than that, I mean, I never felt, ow. I never felt, you know, that I missed anything. You know what I mean? Uh, this this is a me thing. Um, I'm a big guy on hand-to-hand combat in movies. And I was really kind of disappointed in the hand-to-hand in this film. Because I, I... Chucks him right out. I love that. Uh, that was... Yeah. I mean, it, it, the action in this film is good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the action sucks. It's just, I like good old-fashioned two guys just mixing it up right and uh you never you never really get that you really don't get it between the red skull and captain america and i'm sorry we should have had five minutes of those guys wailing on each other because they can't because they're the evil opposite so ow (laughs) fuck (laughs) i forgot about that nice little blood trail in the air there too all right, I got this. They fly by the balloons from up. <laughs> I just rewatched that recently. That's that is such a good movie. That movie pissed me off. Up did? It made me cry like oh, three okay. minutes into the damn film. <laughs> Just like, and it sucker punched me too. And my, I, I just, I just started blubbering. And my wife's like, "Do we need to turn this off?" I'm like, "I'm fine." Because <laughs> I'm a softie to begin you with. You don't cry at least one time during that movie. You seriously need like a soul check. If, you know, what if I mean? you don't cry when they lose their first child, you are evil. And then when she dies, it's just like, "Oh my god, you have made me feel so much for this character in like 3 minutes with no dialogue." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is it's awesome. But I'm a big softie in movies anyways. You you, you get me. I got I I'm I'll man up and say I do cry. So And again, I've cried at commercials. So what the hell do I know? He's got a sexy outfit. I mean, that black shirt just looks awesome. I always cry during chick flicks because I'm like, why the hell did I I get sucked into watching this shit? That's two hours I'm never going to get back. When you look at your wife, you owe me anal for this. And I mean it. When I get home, no matter how clean it is, if I say it's not clean... Sorry, that's a family guy joke. Ow. They're beating on each other. What are you talking about? I just wanted ten more minutes of it. <laughs> it's like in X2 when Wolverine was killing everybody in the X-Mansion. I could have just yeah. gone for another freaking 25 minutes of Wolverine just wiping people out. There's nothing better in that film when he pops the claws into that one soldier and my friend Ryan sitting next to me goes, Oh! <laughs> 
lighting in this movie is really, really good. Would you stop talking about the power of the gods? Well, I thought of something today too. Is that you know everything revolves around this this Norse technology with the the tesseract and all that, except the whole Hydra thing. Isn't that a Greek thing? That's Greek gods, isn't it? Yeah, but you can mix and match on that. I, I, <laughs> I guess. Well, to be fair, in in this film universe, they're not gods. They're just beings of extraordinary power from a different dimension that we perceive as gods because we have no other way to explain them. I mean, seriously, if we're, you know, if our our major technology is that we've mastered fire and suddenly somebody like Thor shows up, you're going to think they're a god. Right. So... Some great effects right there. But some people are silly. Some people think the moon landing's fake, and those people are stupid. All right, go. He went to one of the other dimensions. Yeah, that solves that. No one's ever going to find that thing. I heard that there was a. Uh how it should have ended that's out for this yes we're based it it's funny as hell captain rogers what is your Steve, lo- is that you are you all right <sighs> i was talking dude that's a little bit tougher to explain Give me your coordinates, I'll find you a safe landing site. You know the lighting of her and Tommy Lee Jones that looks like Empire Strikes Back at the Hoth station? You're right. <laughs> You're absolutely right, yeah, it totally does. I gotta put her in the water. Why? Please, don't do this. We have time. We can work it out. That's the entire joke of the how it should have ended, by the way. She keeps explaining ways that he could have lived. <laughs> and he keeps going, nope, still got to put it in the water. This is my choice. It's a good emotional ending, though. Eh, then, then you realize he never got laid, and that's sad. I felt like this whole part here needed some serious trimming time-wise. Because mm-hmm. the revival part, Maggie. what what really should have been one of my favorite parts of the movie, I was I was I gotta be honest, I was kind of very disappointed in it. I'm glad that it was in the movie because I was a little bit nervous it might not be, but I felt like it needed it needed more. I wanted it to be a little bit closer in in tone and in scope to uh, how he's revived in uh, Ultimate Avengers, the the animated movie. I think they just missed out on on Namor throwing his body, you know, because a bunch of Eskimos are worshiping him. <laughs> I'd have been all right with that. That was one thing I really liked about the Avengers movie is that we actually do get like a two-second shot of Cap frozen mm-hmm. that we don't get in this. And again, it was one of those things I was disappointed in is that, you know, that they went with the whole revival thing, but we miss it. We never do see him actually frozen. Even at the, you know, at the beginning of the movie, all we see is the shield 
and then later you know he's revived in the hospital room we we missed that whole middle segment with seeing him you know in costume frozen in a block of ice i really wanted to see that and i was glad that they included that in the avengers because I enjoy the hell out of this movie, I really do. But that was one of the things I thought was kind of a shortcoming. I felt like this resolution took a little too long. And I don't know that it necessarily stole time in the movie from, you know, the the, the revival part of the movie. But it feels like it does. You know what I mean? It you know feels like the... S- huh? I wanna, you know what I want to see here, though? Meena, <laughs> No, I agree. They they, they do kind of overplay this. Though I do like the shots of uh, them seeing Coruscant and uh, <laughs> all the other. I know they need to have that that parade through the streets with like dinosaurs and gungans and shit. That's pretty cool. <laughs> There's your imperial imperial probe droid right there. Yeah, I was about to say. I am so awesome in my turtleneck. Take us to the next grid point. But there's no trace of wreckage. And the energy signature stops here. Just keep looking. You know, I made Cap a promise that I would treat my son like shit. I'm going to keep that promise. <laughs> it was nice working with you. It's too bad we never slept with each other. How do you think she got the position? <laughs> Through another one? <laughs> there you go. Music here is pretty good. A little sad, a little schmaltzy, but still it works for the movie. What, did you get the... You having a snap when he was farting? What's yeah, that no. yeah. Who took that picture? Now this I liked because that's you and the... I were both kids that grabbed the trash can lid. Well, that's also the little Rocketeer homage too, because yes. the Rocketeer ends the exact same way. Rocketeer to the rescue! I expected one of those kids to say, "Captain America to the rescue." I got a vacuum cleaner on my head. I got a vacuum cleaner on my back and a thing on my head. I'm the Rocketeer! Back off, man. That's too close. My eyes are too close together. (laughs) (laughs) I never Uh noticed it before. I'm retarded. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) Mike (laughs) Boutique. That's okay. The listeners noticed. This is like the worst apartment ever. Okay, who stripped him? Well, I want to know what. Why did they think that playing an old radio or you know an old ball game was going to work on him? You know. Obviously, he didn't like sports. No, I'm just kidding. Because he says he went to that game. Right. I mean, they, they couldn't have dug up, dug up a baseball game from further ahead in time to, you know, I don't know. It's just kind of silly. Hi. You ordered me? Oh, 
Where am I really? I'm afraid I don't understand. The game. It's from May 1941. I know because I was there. That's cool. <laughs> she takes out a gun and shoots him. <laughs> One of those little memory erasers. Love things. that. <laughs> yes. It's right it's to like the wall. It's like the one of the better scenes when we did our commentary for Ultimate Avengers where <laughs> he just starts wiping the floor with them. Yeah. Well that was yeah, that was really what I wanted to see was more you know, more of that sort of thing. I like the mirroring of him running through the modern street to the Yes. Every time I watch this part, I am just scouring these billboards for anything Marvel. And I'm amazed that they managed to keep it out, you know? They got Wicked. I'm just surprised there's, there's no, there's no Spider-Man, there's no, you know, nothing Marvel in any of the, the logos or marquees anywhere. I found out that they were trying to get an Oscorp building in the Avengers movie, but it never worked out. Oh, wow. Yeah, I like it all the press conferences for Spider-Man. They're like, yeah, we can, we can work something out with uh, Disney, yeah. You gonna be okay? Yeah. Yeah, I just... I had a date. No, seriously. You don't understand how important this is for me. And credits. Yeah, yeah the, all this stuff looks like it probably looked really good in 3D as well. Kevin yeah. Feige, who apparently we owe everything to. See, I like that ending. I just, I wish it was a little bit closer to the Ultimates version. Or, you know, Ultimate, uh, Ultimate Avengers, I mean. But, you know, I also, I could have gone for the traditional version as well where the Avengers find Cap. Well, you had to kind of set him up in the world before that because you can't have him being found by the Avengers and then fighting like he's the most awesome thing ever because he just came out of Deep Freeze. So it, it kind of... I, I think what the Avengers film and what these films are doing right is that they're taking elements from the Ultimate Universe but still having a lot of 616 in oh, there Oh, definitely. Well. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad that it's not, you know, fully Ultimates. Or, I or think fully be Bendis. Either. Yeah. Uh, and, and having some of the more classic takes. I mean, he, he, you know, Bendis has written the characters for almost, like, eight years now. So you can't say that he hasn't had... He hasn't put his stamp on the franchise. But, uh, you know, he's not the end-all, be-all of, of the existence. <laughs> It's just a, just an excellent credit. I mean, just it keeps your ass in the seats. Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, there's all this iconic, mm-hmm. you know, World War II, World War II imagery, iconography. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's phenomenal. I find myself just sitting here listening to the theme. <laughs> it, it really, yeah, it really is a good one. I like it a lot. 
Great. Keep them flying. How would you like a nice uh, hot cup of freedom? Because <laughs> we're about to dish out a big old heaping cup of whoop-ass. Alright, the next one needs to have the Rocketeer in it, though. I'd be down with that. I would be totally down with that. It's an interesting musical choice for the end credits. I love this song. It's a great song. It really is. I wonder if uh, if Disney still has rights to do uh, a Rocketeer, you know, any more Rocketeer movies after all this time or not. Okay. I'm looking for Fury uh, here. I didn't see it. Yeah, I'm, I don't see it either. Hey, Sergeant Duffy, that's cool. Adolf Hitler. Best boy, Adolf Hitler. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I didn't see it. Based on the Marvel comic by Josh Simon and Jack Kirby. What did you think of uh, of Stan having a cameo in this one? It kind of bugged me, I'll be honest, yeah. because he didn't co-create the character. It's why I'm glad he wasn't in any of the Punisher films. Right. Or in Ghost Rider, because it just doesn't feel right. Um, I'm not saying that Stan did not have a significant uh, role in uh, ushering the character into the Silver Age, because, you know, he, he wrote it. Um, but at the same time... It just doesn't feel... I mean, like, seeing him in Daredevil, it makes sense, because, you know, he, he co-created the character in all the Spider-Man films and in Hulk right. and all that. It just it just works, but it just felt weird here. It felt tacked on. But, and and of, that's nothing against Stan. Please, right. I, I, don't, I don't want it to think, because I have nothing but respect for Stan Lee, so... I was torn only in the sense that, you know, yes, he didn't create the character, but as you say, he did usher him in to the Silver Age and everything, but also, you know, Stan's first writing gig was on Cap. You know, yeah, it was a text the, piece. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. But I, I do hope that it didn't, you know, because of all his other appearances, didn't give, you know, the, the false impression that he was trying to somehow claim credit for Cap, you know? I don't think he would do that. Every, every interview, even... Every interview I've ever seen him in, he's he's very you know he he sticks to to his theory of of creation, but he's also very kind of humble about the whole thing too. So right, I, I I don't get that from him at all. It's it's why seeing him in that in search of Ditko thing was so interesting, because he doesn't say anything there that he didn't say in that Kevin Smith interview. Uh, that was released on DVD, which was a really good interview. But in the in search of Ditko, it's it's played kind of like like I'm asking a hardball question, and it just it was kind of weird. But um, apparently, he has a really good cameo in, a, in the uh, Amazing Spider-Man movie. So you can also play him as a character in the new game. Oh wow! Where he's swinging around and yelling Stanisms. So it's kind of funny. That'd be cool. 
They got a, there's a video out there showing the gameplay. It's kind of funny. I thought it said matchmakers for a second. I was kind of confused. <laughs> it's like, do, do you really need that for a film? <laughs> no, we want to keep these people happy. To keep them happy, we are going to get them laid. There you go. Lots of credits. Good lord. Well, you know, with all the digital effects, you got like a billion people working on these films. I think there's more people working on movies than going to see them. <laughs> so you cooking out tomorrow? I'm not you sure what what going the... to Epcot. Yeah, we're going to Epcot in the evening. Okay. Be thinking about you tomorrow night because we're going to see Illuminations. Ah, uh, damn. Well, you know, we're we're having a cookout here and putting some burgers and some hot dogs on the grill. My dad's coming over. It's gonna be nice. Because because uh, like you, I've got to work on the fourth. So yeah. Well, they do a uh, a special tag onto the end of Illuminations that's you know patriotic themed for uh, for Independence Day. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Should be a good time. Hoping so, anyway. Yeah, working a nine and a half hour day on uh, Independence Day, but I usually work the holidays, so I don't even know why we're open. I'm sorry. I think that's one of the the holidays we should be closed. I agree. I think that one, Christmas. There's there's a number of them. I think that uh, we need to get back to more traditional America, where you know more you know basically the country shuts down for certain holidays i just i don't know i do i feel that way well that's not just because i want the day off you know but i mean just seems more respectful especially independence day you know alan Menken did yeah. the music for star Sp- oh nice yeah that makes sense stark's theme hmm Joe Simon, Jack Kirby, Stack, Mark Miller, and Brian Hitch? Yes. Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, see, Mark Miller and Brian Hitch, Ed Brubaker, Steve Epting. I mean, I don't have a problem with that, except the names that aren't on the list. You don't Mark have Roger Stern, you don't have John Byrne, you don't have Mike Zeck, you don't have Jam DeMatteis. How can Grunewald, you not have Mark um, Brunewald? Yeah. Mark Wade? Mark Wade, yes. Yeah. See, that's my problem with it, is that They've got the guys that essentially, you know, started the whole thing in the Silver Age, and then the most recent guys, and everybody in the middle is skipped. I think this movie's going to suck. I think this movie had real potential. It's a shame it didn't do very well at the box office. Oh, yeah, I mean, just totally, total fit. I mean, it did worse than Superman Returns. All the best parts are in the trailer. I am. Trying to get Pete him back God. in the <laughs> Trying to save it. I gotta tell you, I was pretty excited in the theater when I saw this. Oh, dude. You think you're the only hero in the world? That theater was flipping out during this part. That's everything we've built towards, so... Gentlemen... You're up. Never did show the Hulk in that. I didn't. I guess I didn't realize that before. 
CGI was probably nowhere near done. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Very good. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. We need to do more commentaries together. I believe so. I, yeah, that was good. I'm content with that. What do you think? I think it's an episode. All right. Everybody have a uh, happy and safe Independence Day. Hope you enjoyed the commentary. Leave us some feedback. Let us know what you think. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious. And to all those uh, of our international listeners, uh, I hope you like the commentary. Let's hear it for Captain America! Yeah.